0: Your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Before I kick off this episode, I have a couple of resources I wanted to share that I talk about more in this episode. But the first is Harvest Hosts is offering a 30% off sale through January 6th if you use my link and use the code FRIENDS30 at checkout. So Harvest House is a membership that offers over 4,000 spots to stay in your RV or an enclosed camper at places like wineries, farms, even museums across North America. They also include Boondockers Welcome, which is like an Airbnb host for campers, except it's free and once you have the membership. And it's just a very interesting way that if you are interested in an RV trip, I know a lot of people in my audience are interested in a first-time family RV trip, it's a really cool option that... Uh, We're going to be embarking on as we go on our our family gap year. So again, if you use the link by January 6th, it's 30% off. After that, if you're not listening to this in real time, January 7th, 2023, it will go back to a 15% discount. So anytime you use my link, there's still a discount. This is an affiliate link as I've been working with Harvest Hosts to offer you better deals, especially since so many of you have suggested that you're interested in potentially a first time family RV trip in your future travel plans. The second I want to share is a podcast I've been enjoying, and I really appreciate the focus on helping moms become skiers and embracing a ski mom. Nicole was a guest on my podcast in episode 59, and in practicing Sherpa philosophy, we have agreed to try to cross-promote each other's shows. So much of our audiences overlap and have similar interests. So here's Nicole. It's time to celebrate the unsung heroes on snow, Ski Moms. The Ski Moms Fun Podcast is hosted by Sarah and Nicole. Each week, they host a female guest. It could be a ski industry expert or a mom raising an adaptive skier. Listen to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast wherever you get your podcast and get inspired to create your own memories in the mountains. I have really appreciated what Nicole has created, and I thought it was a fun way to really cross-promote each other. So let me know if you like this We are on three days of dreary, damp rain and 30-degree temperatures, which can send many clamoring for the southern sun. I am a fan of winter, but it's also easier to play outside when the cold weather is offering some sun or fluffy snow, but when it's dreary, damp, and gray, it's so much harder. There is significant value to cold, and why I wanted to offer this episode was to consider cold weather adventures as part of your 2023 plans. Yesterday, on my quest to kick off the new year right, and my thousand-hour-outside-2023 tracker in hand, I volunteered to go outside with my seven-year-old. And I was a little dumbfounded at how bored I was. I was trying whatever I could to just fill the one-hour mark and get back inside. With the recent rain, melting snow, and cold weather, there just isn't much to do. It took all of 30 seconds for my son to go thrust himself across the ice and claim his activity for the day. At 42, the thought of following his lead was quickly halted by my fear of getting hurt and knowing that the calendar just switched and our health insurance deductible was reset. I'm a realist, guys. Cold has a way of stopping us in our tracks, of rethinking our next step and keeping us in our place. But it also has a way of rebalancing our hormones, resetting homeostasis, and getting us out of our comfort zone, which is what I declare is the true definition of adventure. While I was recording this episode earlier in the week, I felt the sudden onset of a migraine. Things just weren't flowing. I was trying to force something that wasn't there. I decided even though it was rainy and cold, I needed to get outside. What's crazy is within minutes, I could feel the fresh air working its magic throughout my body. Even as it started to rain, it didn't really feel damp and downtrodden like it looked. It felt refreshing. And I was like, refreshing. That's it. The word refreshing takes me back immediately to our whitewater rafting experience on the Kanaskis River near Banff. It was our first day in in the Banff area, and the weather was a bit kind of like it is here. It was overcast and dreary. It wasn't raining, and it wasn't quite as cold. And Banff had just come off of a historically cold and wet spring. When you combine that with the mountain runoff in June, the rivers were the coldest temperatures I've ever felt in nature. So, our guide overheard us talking about this in our little family small talk, and he said very quickly it's not cold, it's refreshing. It's not cold, it's refreshing. That simple mindset from cold to refreshing has stuck with me. Even as a family, when anyone states how cold something is, they're often corrected and said, it's not cold, it's refreshing. Through the empathetic nature of that family adventure experience, the Whitewater Rafting Company knew that if guests are uncomfortable for an extended period of time, it overshadows the experience. Our family was up for an adventure. And they knew this. They placed us in the front row of the raft, which is, in case you didn't know, the place where you were most likely to get wet. We were taking Class 3 Rapids. And of course, they didn't take any time <laughs> in delaying the inevitable. Our first run, our first practice run, we were immediately doused with the small falls that were in front of us. So they wanted us to feel it, understand it. But they also knew that there were benefits of cold, too. So... Instead of keeping us cold for too long, they're very skilled at making sure we had the right gear to have fun and stay warm amidst this two-hour excursion down the frigid river. We were instructed to show up in a swimming suit. Which was the whitewater rafting version of a base layer. And then they went on to outfit us with an underlayer, which is kind of like a fleece or a long sleeve shirt, an insulator, like a wetsuit, and they had wetsuit booties, and a waterproof top, which was our splash guard. And I did an entire reel on Instagram. I'm gonna link that in the show notes here. So you can see what that experience was like, how they outfitted us, because I will be honest, going into this experience, I was very aware and Concerned, I guess, not about our safety, but about getting cold, about us not having a good experience because the weather and the water was too cold. I think cold gets a bad rap. The benefits of cold and the numerous cold weather adventures can really feed your soul and offer a reset. Believe it or not, cold weather actually improves your mental and physical health benefits. I have a number of friends who have autoimmune disorders. I'll come back to this later with some research, but cold therapy helps with inflammation. And there's even a trend around manufacturing cold sources, such as taking cold showers or ice baths, that have shown to have valuable benefits. You can also experience these benefits, though, by simply taking a daily dose of outdoor cold as well. Even as little as 20 minutes outside during the cold weather months can offer you a reset to your system, help raise the floor on your dopamine levels, and reduce the space between massive highs and lows in your hormones. Whenever I complete a cold weather adventure, I just I feel better, not only physically, but cold adds another barrier to adventure. So when I complete it, my confidence and self-esteem is just elevated. It seemed like the stakes are higher by simply getting outside when it's cold. So the summit of completion comes back with a greater reward. I think cold weather also adds an element of challenge to try new things and find ways to get out of our comfort zones. We continue to seek adventure in our own backyard. And in 2022, that meant building an igloo. It was a long-term mindset, right? We weren't just going outside, not like skiing or snowshoeing or sledding. There was something valuable about making a visual progress on a challenge spent outside in the cold. We had to drop the practical nature of, but it's going to melt, (laughs) and embrace the mindset, but it will be a great experience today. In the end, we didn't even finish the igloo because yes, it did melt. As amateur igloo builders, I will say it is a long game commitment. And there are conditions outside of our control, like when ice turns to water when it melts. I don't have control of the weather and there would be spikes in warm weather that would cause things to melt down and the base layers to kind of diminish, unfortunately, making it for a weaker base. But... In the end, like I said, we didn't even finish the igloo, but it was a memory that I am proud of and something that inspired so many other families to explore how can we build an igloo or where might we find an igloo to experience as a family. Overcoming the challenges of cold weather can be simplified or made easier with just with a few tips of understanding the cold weather, some gear to make life easier, and also just a few mindset hacks. As I mentioned in the rafting story, and I've also referenced in my book that zone of dysregulation, Too much discomfort for too long in the cold can move us from what I call discomfortable, overshadowing the experience, and possibly panic. We aren't designed to be in prolonged, uncomfortable environments for too long. But the timer of discomfort is a little bit different for everyone. So having a key few pieces of clothing can make a big difference and extend the experience. For example, there's probably three or four things that I would recommend having: a thin base layer, Good wool socks are staples in our cold weather wardrobe, but also knowing a couple of places on your body that are really critical and respond to cold more drastically. In 2018, my husband and I were out west skiing in Utah with some friends for our anniversary. So there was no kids on this trip, but it was really cold and I had passed my breaking point. It was only 9 a.m. and I could not warm up like it was becoming debilitating I am often the girl who has two hoodie sweatshirts, even at home. Like, I am just naturally a cold-weather person. And while I appreciate that, it doesn't mean I acclimate as well as my kids do. So I made one last-ditch effort to warm up in the chalet bathroom using the hand dryers. And yes, I may have some experience from this, from a Yellowstone camping experience on the motorcycle a few years ago. But instinctively, not really even thinking about it, I grabbed a couple of extra hand warmers that were already warm, and I held them in a couple different locations on my body. And when I placed them on the small of my back, on either side, as my brother would say, like just above the kidneys, (laughs) there was an instant warmth that spread through my body. And I had an idea. I would take the sticky toe warmers and place them on my back. And I can tell you, it worked. It was a game changer for me and it kept me out on the slopes for longer. So every time I went to that chairlift, instead of having the bitter chill that was hitting my back, I had this newfound warmth really sending energy throughout my body. But I have since learned there's a couple of places that are really critical and do respond to cold much faster and drastically. So if you can slow that progression or get back into warmth and warm up these areas, it actually makes recovery faster. So those, there's a couple places. One is behind your neck. And there's often like neck warmers and things like that that you can put on. I don't do that mid-ski day. I'll do those after, you know, when you get back from the day, I'll often throw a Neck warmer in the microwave. So that's a good tool just to have in your toolbox. But the small of your back, as I already mentioned, and then the tops of your fingers and the tops of your toes. Often hand warmers and toe warmers are designed to be on the bottom of your feet or the inside of your hands. If you flip it, the nerve endings actually are closer to the surface on the top of your fingers and the skin is a little bit thinner and more delicate. So it actually affects you much quicker. There's also things that you can use. Um, So I was just at the U.S. Olympic Luge World Cup in Salt Lake City, and a friend of mine had battery-operated heated socks and heated gloves. So there are gear that can also aid in that, but I wouldn't go all out on gear. I would find a couple of key pieces that reduce the traditional chill or help me recover from things faster. A couple of key gear items that I would have is a good base layer, a waterproof and or windproof outer layer. I think those are really critical. And then something that uh, wicks the moisture away from your body. So that base layer, those wool socks. But just knowing having a good base layer, something that wicks the moisture away from your body, because again, once it gets cold and then it freezes, it adds that. It's like an insulation of cold instead of an insulation of warmth. And then having a good waterproof or windproof outer layer helps you just keep more comfortable in the cold. One way we are practicing cold weather adventures is by kicking off our gap year by chasing snow and heading north. Considering our desire to get off the beaten path, to travel differently through untourism, we have been drawn to cold weather destinations. And while most people are heading south, we are flipping the script knowing that there is beauty in winter with frozen waterfalls, amazing sunrise against the ice and snow, and the desire to find the best powder west of the Mississippi River. We have our indie Passes purchased and a desire to hit up 25 different independently owned ski resorts this winter. So we designed our family gap year around that. Our first stop is actually going to be to ski Lutzen, which is in northern Minnesota, literally like the northern tip of near Lake Superior. To add to that, we will be in an RV trying our hand at winter camping. And thankfully, the RV and camping industry is picking up on this trend and is really helpful in finding camping near ski resorts. So again, Harvest House has been a great partner in this space. This gives us the framework to start looking where we want to park and hopefully have some hookups occasionally. Cold weather destinations, though, I just want to encourage you to explore them. They're worth considering. I have been in communication with several friends who live in Florida for years, and their kids have never experienced snow, and they have that desire. And ironically, it's extremely inexpensive to travel north when everyone is traveling south. Last year, a friend of mine went to Fairbanks for spring break and her kids played ping pong on ice tables and experienced just like next level snow forts. Cold weather destinations have a unique value that I think many people overlook. They instead may have put like a Scandinavian country or Iceland on their bucket list. But really, there's a lot of cold weather destinations that are hidden gems, even potentially in your own backyard. I want to come back and touch on this idea of rebalancing homeostasis and the physiology of cold. So I talked a little bit about resetting dopamine levels is often talked about in recovery. For example, people in addiction, they'll talk about dopamine homeostasis. So what that means is when you have an experience, there's this high in what hits that high might be external. It might be a substance. It might be food or it could even be like an adrenaline rush from an adventure experience. What happens is dopamine floods your system and it creates that euphoria feeling. However, our bodies can't replace the dopamine fast enough, which is what causes us to experience these crashes. So in adventure spaces, it's sometimes referred as the adventure or travel depression. It's kind of what happens after these big highs. We aren't really prepared for the rebound. We aren't prepared for the crash. So what does cold have to do with that? Well, Having regular practice of exposing yourself to something uncomfortable like the cold, it raises the floor of your dopamine. So the space between your peaks and crashes becomes less prominent over time. And there's other ways we can do this. I know Tim Ferriss in his interview with Brene Brown talked about ice baths, how they essentially saved his life when he was working through childhood trauma and beyond. But it's become a regular practice now because he's found so much value in it. In addition, we've long known of the physical effects of cold. If I go back to my athletic training days in college after an injury, the guiding framework for inflammation was the acronym RICE, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. So cold showers and ice baths have often been a tool to add to reducing inflammation throughout the body. I think challenging yourself to experience cold has many benefits for your physical and mental well-being. Sure, you can try the cold shower or the ice bath or just find some less than desirable cold weather location and challenge yourself to step outside. You don't need to flock to Iceland, though, as much as I love my Iceland listeners. I know that there's many magical features that attract travelers there, but there also are many other cold weather destinations with hidden gems. You can create simple backyard adventures by considering cold weather projects and activities that challenge you out of your comfort zone whether it's simply going outside with your kids and sliding on the ice or committing to an experience like building an igloo, I encourage you to practice a little bit of cold weather adventure. As a reminder, make sure to check out Ski Mom's fun podcast if that interests you or the Harvest Host membership link for that discount. But as I sign off, I want to encourage you to be brave, keep going, and give cold weather a fighting chance. Value from today's show. Here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to ordinarysherpacom community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.